Again to Exodus, the 20th chapter. We began with the new year, a new series of studies based on the Ten Commandments. We'll continue in that vein again this morning. You recall that we advanced a bit last Sunday to allow for emphasis on respect for life day, pro-life day, we move down to commandment number six, just one simple sentence that states, thou shalt not kill. We'd like to back up this morning a bit, just a few verses, we'll deal with commandment number four. But I think it's good for us to read the entire portion together. Let this refresh our minds as to the message of God and uh, provide emphasis so the truth finds lodging in our hearts. So, We'll read it responsibly as we've been doing for the past several Sundays. And I'll read the first verse if you'll join in on the second verse down through verse 17. Exodus 20 verse 1. And God spake all these words saying, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is and rested the seventh day, wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. Go back with me now then to verse 8, and we'll read again those words. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou nor thy son, nor thy daughter, nor thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. We'll stop there. What we have before us this morning is a wise and compassionate and understanding God who created us, who knows best how to minister to us.
What we have before us is God's prescription for pressured people. And I think it's tremendous of the Lord to be that kind and considerate of us to provide for us exactly what we need. Now let's go back again and just review a moment or two because this concludes the first segment of the study of the commandments. We've shared with you from Sunday to Sunday the fact that the commandments can be broken down. The first four are vertical. They have to do with man's relationship to his God. The second section from 6 through 10 deal with man's relationships with each other. And I think the order is of great significance because we can never solve social problems until we get our spiritual problems straightened out. So until we can digest the first four and get those into gear, we'll never really hope to, to salvage our homes or our, or our communities or our nation or the world. Man must first be correctly related to God, have his spiritual problems solved, and then we can work on interpersonal relationship that exists with each other. And so we've talked about, first of all, worshiping God exclusively. Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. God said, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. And then we were to worship him correctly, make no graven or, or carved images. We were to bow down before nothing that was representative of God, even the true and the living God. Because God is spirit, they worship him in spirit and in truth. We cannot reduce the almighty, omnipresent, omniscient God into the work of man's hands, something he has created, some image he has formed. So worship God exclusively, worship him correctly. Then we were told not to take his name in vain. Even in the act of worship, we were to be careful that we worshiped him in reverence. So worship him reverently. Don't take his name empty. Don't take his name without purpose, without meaning. But in our worship, we must come with sincerity and with truth. Today, we consider worshiping God systematically. There is a particular time set aside whereby we are to worship God. So the first four deal with our relationship with God, our worship toward the Lord. And uh, it is specifically designed with us in mind. Jesus said in Mark's gospel, the Sabbath was not made, man was not made for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath was made for man. God never intended that this day be a day of legal restriction for us, not a day of gloom the way the Pharisees had interpreted and misinterpreted it. And they had 1,500 don'ts that would cause someone to feel they had broken God's commandment that we've read. But one of joy, Jesus said, God had you in mind when he designed this day for you. God built this model that you're looking at. He knows that I'll get the most mileage out of it if I work six days and rest one. Now, how long is a day? How long is a day? Not to insult your intelligence at all, and I asked in the early service, and I got an answer of 36 hours. Now, I know that there are some days that seem 36 hours. Some days you wish you had 36 hours, but 24 hours is allotted to each one of us, 
And on the Lord's Day, that's how long the Lord's Day is. It's all day long. It isn't just between the hours of 9 and 12 on Sunday morning, but the Lord's Day is all day long. Can you say amen? Not just part of the day, not just honoring Him partially, but honoring Him totally. So God had something specific in mind for us. The Sabbath simply means rest and quiet. If you look it up in the dictionary, you'll find that's where the way Webster defines it for us. And he will identify a sub-definition that says there is a Jewish Sabbath uh, that is celebrated on Saturday. And the Christians celebrate what they call the Lord's Day on, on Sunday. So it simply means rest and quiet. God knew that men needed rest and quiet. He never designed us when he put us together to go seven days a week, 24 hours a day. But he said, take one day and establish rest. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 15, in quietness and in confidence, be your strength. Habakkuk 2.20, come into the temple of the Lord and let all the earth be silent before him. Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God. It's important. Those three verses say the same thing. There needs to be a time when man's attention is turned away from earthly to the heavenly. When we see God afresh and anew and are refreshed and renewed in our mind and in our spirit. It's tremendously important that we understand from the very beginning of time, God established this priority for us. Even before Sinai, even before the law was given, this verse that we've read is in Exodus chapter 20, but if you go back to chapter 16, God was providing special nourishment for Israel. Every day manna would come. They were to gather the manna. And uh, specific instruction is given as to how they were to gather their food. The first five days, he said, you can't hoard. You can't go out and just take more than you can use because overnight it will, it will become wormy and it will begin to smell. It won't keep. But he said, on the sixth day, in preparation for the Sabbath day, go out and gather twice as much gather enough for that day and for the next day because you were not allowed to gather your food on the Sabbath day. You were to rest. Even before the law was given, even before Sinai, before the commandments, God was saying to them, that day is a day where you need to find rest and refreshment and renewal. And what he's saying in this particular portion of the word I think is significant. I'm persuaded with a year or two of experience that I can get along better. If I give God one-tenth of what he has given me, I can do more in partnership with him with nine-tenths than I could with ten-tenths without his partnership. Amen? And I think you will find you will get along much, much better if God giving you seven days, if you give him one day, you will be much healthier and much more prosperous and much more blessed 
than if you took seven days and used them yourself. I think that there's a direct correlation between the anxiety, the nervous tension, the uptight generation that we see around us, and the lack of living the spirit of this fourth commandment. I think there's a direct correlation to, between the fact that Americans consumed four and one half million pounds of aspirin last year because we've got headaches. And I think perhaps some of that total could be cut if those who believe God means what he says in his word, if we will obey the spirit of this commandment and take one day out of seven and rest. He didn't make this model to run continuously. There is a need to find rest. What did Jesus say? Come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke on you. Learn from me, and I will provide rest for your soul. And so let's hear. I believe God is saying something very significant to us this morning from his word. There's a time for quietness and a time for rest in God. The purpose of what God is saying. Now, there's a two-pronged part of the commandment. And I don't think we should miss it. First of all, there's a commandment to work. Six days shalt thou labor. Now, don't just hear half of the commandment this morning and say what God is saying is that we should take one day and rest. The same God who said take one day and rest said work six days. Now, whether your company says four days or five days, God says Six days shall you work and do all your labor. Now, I think it's important God's word never condones laziness or indolence or idleness. God made man with the capacity and ability to work. And I think it's scriptural for us to work six days. And all our staff said, so Amen. They do. Six days shalt thou labor. I think it's a sin to feed a man who won't work. Paul said to Timothy, if a man will not work, neither should he eat. And it's not saying he cannot work or can't find employment or he would like to, but there is none. But a man who just simply will not work refuses to work even though it's there it's a sin to feed him because he should not eat now, I didn't say that Paul said that and you'll have to take issue with him but the same God who commands us to rest is the same God that says we need to work now what we're talking about this morning church is worship worshiping God seven days a week break. 